of. We might not have a bonus, but that's fine. Yeah. We don't always need a bonus. That's why it's called bonus. Unless that is the bonus. The bonus is saying the bonus you're is not the bonus. having a bonus. The opening could be the bonus, then not having the bonus too. We could just that do could be not getting a bonus. And or then we could right lie now. to them and have the opening have us be we're not you're not getting a bonus, but it's a real secret bonus Unless if you stick around. Bonus. I don't know. That's we we're all about transparency here, Neil. I don't think we should lie to them right off the bat. We definitely shouldn't tell them in the opening that we're lying to them. Well, then they would know. Well, I was going to say, then they (laughs) they would know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I was was leveraging it either way so you could use it for the opening or the ending. That's true. That's true. Now that everybody's confused, uh, I think this has to be the opening. (laughs) But we still haven't established if there's really going to be an ending bonus. We haven't. That's why it's called bonus. We don't know. We don't know. I just want everybody out there to know we very rarely know anything ever. True. True. Time to get your fix. It's a horrible gaming podcast. It's not good. It's not great. Horrible gaming podcast. It's not even what you would call fair. It's really not that good. Gaming Podcast. Hello, my name is Zachariah with Old Man Gaming. Uh, you have decided for whatever reason to tune into another horrible gaming podcast. With me is Neil, aka Tiny Wizard. And ladies and gentlemen, he's really with me. We are actually quite literally. S- quite literally. We're sitting on a couch for the first ever time. We're doing the podcast in the same room. Very excited about this. Uh, but before we get into it, uh, we'll count that as disclaimer number one. Disclaimer number two, my kid is also sitting directly next to us with her uh, tablet, so you're probably going to catch that in the background as per se usual. Uh, and then some credits and a belch because I decided to drink <laughs> Coke for whatever reason. Um, Mark Bell, thank you for all the original graphics that he does for this and all of OMG's shows. Uh, And then, of course, big thanks to Nick Van Sliders for the theme song for this and all of the OMG shows. Uh, We appreciate both of you guys' contributions to the channel. Horrible Gaming Podcast. That brings us to our first, uh, I don't know how you do it with that stopwatch going. What? Let's just talk about that for a second. What do you mean? I know. That thing is going to distract the shit out of me. And that's okay. I'm going to get used to it. But I give you props for that just sitting there. I'm going to be looking at that. I barely I, I barely look at it. Really? You yeah, I mean, yeah, I. it's just sitting... Because the screen does eventually dim out, so it's not like it's like they're just blaring in <laughs> my face. It's weird. But you have a timer going on the computer, and that doesn't bother me because I know that it's just the whole thing. Right. But that bothers me because I know that that's like the amount of time I have to do the show, and I'm wasting time talking. <laughs> okay, so we start the show with fan interaction. Uh, that's where we talk to you guys, the fans. We read out your comments on the air. We respond to them. We also decide the horrible arena winner from last week. Um, and uh, I think I think if you don't mind, I'm going to start doing the horrible arena thing towards the end of the fan interaction to like fish through to find it to then decide the fan person to then go back to read the comments again. I'm glad we're deciding this in the middle of the actual show. Yeah, you like that. This That's is great. this is the kind of live content you're going to get right now. <laughs> Just us screwing everything up on a whole different level. We felt like we were getting it too right, so we decided to like really screw it up and do it in person. Um, okay. So, comments. Uh, Phil Billy said uh, his issue with his voice isn't so much his pitch it's the fact that he is so dang monotone but Phil Billy you just you're just it makes your stuff funnier I don't think he realizes that like when he's monotone it makes his sarcasm a little bit funnier especially when we're playing our game yes yeah oh my god yeah. anytime his character does anything like he's just so straight with everything <laughs> yeah and it's great it's so straight and it's like it makes the sarcasm that much better uh, Phil Billy, your voice is perfect, buddy. Don't ever change. Yes. Um, and Filthy Phil is out there like, gay! Uh, <laughs> uh, Kayla says, my heart goes out to that GameStop that closed down, hoping they move to the other uh, to, uh, other stores at least, as far as the employees. Yes, again, anybody from the 59 
uh, GameStop store that closed in Stowe. Please comment. Let us know you're doing okay. We'd like to hear from you guys. If you, for whatever reason, watch the show. And then she also gave her vote to you and your Metroid collection. Um, then we go to the torrent of Kev Too Tall, as I like to call it. Uh, Neil, your voice is not squeaky at all. Just a, whole, I, just a comment I on its own. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> uh, then he says, uh, if a game has anything to pay for after launch, it's a games as a service. To continue to make money after the initial sales means that you intend to provide a service, hence games as a service. I don't agree with this at all. I said I don't I don't think I agree with this. I, I, I think that's what, what he's basically saying is like like World of Warcraft was a games as a service because you paid a subscription fee monthly. Yeah. That's... But I I I think that games as a service as a term has moved beyond that, personally. Yeah, that's that's my my thought process. I think when they're providing you an ongoing service, that's it. But we had this debate last week. I don't yeah. want to get into it again. Um, then he said it's sad that that specific GameStop closed. Uh, I really figured it was in a place with more more than enough traffic to survive. So did I. Every time I went in there, there was somebody else in there. So I don't know why that one was the one that got closed. Uh, Phil Billy said this comment is for Neil. On Outriders, uh, I definitely think it is more—it is a more deliberate and realistic shooter in comparison to Borderlands. What I'm excited about is obviously the builds, as well as the Borderlands-style powers. Destiny-style guns and Division-style shooting mechanics. Can't wait. Please be good. Um, and honestly, that, that comes to me, too. I, I, I agree. I think yeah. it'll be a really interesting game, and I would like to see... Uh, that kind of like fantasy with a more realistic uh, thing. You're checking stuff. It's making me. I scared. was. I was just looking. Right? Yeah, no, everything's fine. This is so much weirder could, that you're here because I could see everything you're doing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm sure it's you'll, weirder you'll for pick you up, too. You'll pick up on some weird things oh, that I do. When, I, when I'm sitting at the desk by myself, my hands are just like flying around <laughs> like people are in the room. What's weird, dude, is we're sitting on the couch. I'm afraid I'm gonna hit you. <laughs> um, okay, uh, then we move on. Uh, Kev Tutal, I see the Matrix. I definitely matriculate through the Sentinel security grid and dodge agents. <laughs> he then said, listening to yourself is the hardest thing because what we hear in our head is way different than how we sound. Yeah. Totally, 100%. And then he said, 1,000 comments on one video, now I have a goal. <laughs> Kevin, please don't comment. 1,000 comments. Fan interaction, we only have about 13 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, man. This is the only time in the world I'm not going to tell you to comment. Please don't <laughs> comment a 1,000 times. Uh, so with that said, I did have another non-comment. He didn't comment on YouTube because he's rather a hermit. But Nick, our music guy, had a couple of things he wanted to share. So oh. he sent them to me via text. He said, some comments on your podcast since I am sometimes a Luddite and like to have as few online accounts as possible. Number one, Neil has an awesome radio voice, period. <laughs> Number two, sourdough is the only bread I eat and is the only food one needs. See? Like I said, I told, I said <laughs> and Stella. And my brother, right? I said Stella, and you he, can survive off bread. He, he betrayed me. Oh, Yes. My vote is for the Metroid remake. Recently played Super Metroid, went from hating it to loving it very quickly. I would be ama it would be amazing with a horror element, and you had me at Dead Space. Man, I loved Dead Space. Dead Space was good. Yes, yes. I do I do think I do think from now on we need to maybe pick developers that exist. There was not a rule okay. before. I don't I'm not taking anything away from your win whatsoever. I think from now on, just moving forward, what do you think? That sounds fine. That sounds fair? Okay, all right. But nonetheless, the crown goes to your head, Neil. You take the Metroid win, and that is two in a row, sir. Fantastic. Yeah, that's two in a row. All right, so we should probably ask a question this this week. If you could if you could stop paying only attention to my dog for I'm sorry, 10 seconds. But she just wants the love. 
She, she always wants, wants the love. It's nonstop with her. She is. I actually put my arm down. I don't know if she's gonna do it again, but she actually got her snout underneath. She is seriously like a date rapist of dogs. <laughs> she will slowly like she'll let you pet her a little bit far away, and then she'll slowly get closer and closer and closer until her entire nose is like in your mouth. It's she's ridiculous. So no, we should ask a question. You know what? Actually, I think. Uh, I think the the dog being here actually kind of gives me one right off All the right. top. All right, hit us. Uh, dog based question for dog based qu- question. I think uh, your best, your most favorite companion in any game. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good yeah. one, man. I I got like six of them right in my head, man. The dog in Fable Two. Oh God, I'm answering Borf. early. I'm answering. Did you name him Worf? Yorf. 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 Borf. Because he'd always borf. I Yorf remember. Borfs. Man, play Fable 1 and just be like, where is my dog? I can't find anything. How did you ever find anything before the dog? I'm telling you. Okay. All right. So now that I've peaked the audio levels, uh, <laughs> I think that that uh, is it for fan interaction. I think we wrapped it up nicely. I do believe so. All right. Horrible Gaming Podcast. Okay. So for everybody out there, uh, who does not know already, I'm sure you know by now, but our schedule changed. So we have moved the podcast. It is now going to be coming out on YouTube on Wednesdays and in audio form on Tuesday mornings instead of the Thursday and Friday that it was last week. <clears throat> because of this, we obviously have less time between podcasts. There's not as much news coming out. So we thought we'd have a little fun with this first episode, obviously since we're in person for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Like I said, there's not a ton of topics to talk about. Not not that we're going to spend a ton of time on. So, but we did touch on something last week, Neil. Yes. When we were talking about uh, Sega and all their rumors about getting back into the console market, and then they came out with the ridiculous Game Gear one. <laughs> Um, and we don't. I don't know that we're done with the Sega rumors, are we? Like, well, uh, not necessarily. I mean, uh, there was there was a little bit that came out about. Uh, Sega making a cabinet, uh, an arcade cabinet that used like cloud computing, cloud gaming, which would be very interesting, I think. Oh, but, like I mean, a cabinet in your house? Well, I don't know if it's necessarily consumer level, but like, you, I mean, heck, you could get it really? for your house. Yeah, I yeah, it's thought like, it was like. Oh, when you, when you told me that, I I thought you meant like a digital collection thing. No, no, like an actual oh. physical arcade cabinet that was cloud based. I that's mean, interesting. That would be cool to have. That does I mean, segue sure. right into the conversation but, we're going to have too. That's uh, so the conversation we're going to have that would be interesting. I yeah. would totally, I would totally consider getting that. Honestly. Absolutely. Um, if it was, I mean, if it was, if it was the amount of expense that you can get those arcade cabinets now, those ones at Walmart, like oh, the those are too ones, small though. They those are, are tiny. Small. They're like three quarter size. But you think that they're only 150? You know, if you could make a Sega one, that's 150. I'm talking about the price, yeah, not the size. If you could make it like 150, and I could just pick it up at Walmart, that'd be amazing. If you know what you're doing, you can actually build your own with a Raspberry Pi. Um, I'm gonna assume that Raspberry Pi is some sort of tech term, and now oh like, yeah, my Sorry. brain immediately a literal went to Raspberry like Pi sticking a joystick in the middle yeah, of no, my uh, Raspberry <laughs> Pi. It's like a little mini computer. Uh, people use oh. them for emulation now, mm. um, but yeah, you can build a cabinet out with a Raspberry Pi, which that's, is very interesting. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. If I ever get a bigger house, man, that's gonna be it. Um, okay, so the conversation to move into that. Um, we touched on this because we thought because some of the rumors are is Sega going to make another console. Mm-hmm. So what I'm thinking, uh, and we we discussed like how would you even make a console successful in the market right now? Because you've got mm. PC, bless you, you got PC, <laughs> uh, kind of doing the both thing, but they're the high end, expensive kind of moddable thing. You've got Xbox and PlayStation doing their things, which are very premium quality console things, and then you've got the like. Family oriented, but also portable port type thing with the Switch. So, yeah. like, how would you make a console? And I thought we could just discuss, like, what we would think. Like, how would we make a, a successful console? How would you make a successful console uh, in 2020? Um, honestly, I think it all comes down to the software. Okay. You know, at the end of the day, you can make a console all day, every day, just like Atari's making the VCS. You know, you can just throw it out there. But if you don't have games, 
to support that console. You don't have major developers jumping on board. I mean, the only reason Google Stadia was somewhat possibly viable right. was because they had AAA money, 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 money. Yeah, money. AAA yeah. Uh, developers jumping on board for these games. Mm-hmm. If you just come out with a bunch of your own IPs and like throw a Sonic game on there, you know, whatever. Right. But like as you alluded to before, you know, it's pretty much been picked clean in regards to Sega. Right. So they don't have much that they really own themselves anymore. Right. They've all cordoned out. Right. So I think it honestly starts first and foremost with software. Okay. I mean, <clears throat> you know, that's my take on it too. I but but I think I'm gonna go a little different route with you than you. But keep going. And... Yeah. Uh, outside of that, though, I think the hardware has to be something that's at least comparable, and you'd have to come in at a lower price than okay. the other consoles out there well, because and that's you have the to trick right now, right? Yeah, you have to give people a reason to swap over to your console. Right. You can't just have, you know, hey, we're doing this thing that I just got a text message and it was really weird. What was the text message? Um, it was COVID hams. It just it said COVID <laughs> hams and you'd have to be a part of the whole conversation. Okay. All right. To know inside inside baseball. What, okay. what that even was. All right. Okay. But it has distracted. Yes. Much like the stopwatch that I've just been staring at. The whole time <laughs> um, but yeah, you you would have to give reason, give people a reason to jump over to that console. Okay. Your first console can't be the one that you stake, you know, your entire claim on. That first console is you working your way in, just like Microsoft did with the Xbox. It wasn't yeah. perfect. They knew that. No. Sony already had their their chokehold with the PlayStation Two. Right. And Nintendo had the GameCube at that point, which was, was man, it was okay. Out, really, yeah. But at the same time, it's like you know they had these things; they were established. Microsoft is like, hey, here's here's our play. We're gonna try it. They got their foothold, and then came with the fury with the Xbox 360. They did, and Xbox 360 was like a perfect storm of everything that you need to do right at the same time to get in because they were just up against a Goliath and like they did everything right with the 360. Yeah. Like there was not a wrong move with the 360 out the gate, you know. Um not saying that that that, that means they won. I, I know everybody thinks I'm just a an, a, an Xbox guy out there. No, I, th- I mean PlayStation can... 2 did the same thing. They came out yeah. with a con- a, a console the PlayStation console is far and away changed gaming Mm-hmm. On a whole, you know, and yeah. then PlayStation Two is just dominated everything. Like, yeah, everything was different after the PlayStation Two. I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have my PlayStation Two downstairs. It still works. I still use it to play PlayStation Two games. Yeah, I have mine at the house too. I love it. I love. I, I still go down there and play. Uh, I have this NHL game that I played it so much that it ran out of draft spots. Yeah, you you had mentioned that before. When um, you can break procedural generation. Oh, it's been great. <laughs> it's like nope, we don't have any more colleges. Like the apocalypse happened in NHL. <laughs> Uh, uh, um, okay, so I'm with you. I think it's software, especially right now, because mm-hmm. I think I think hardware is actually okay. So here's my idea. I I think hardware is actually reaching a critical mass. Yeah. Where it's actually making gaming less appealing, um, and I know that that sounds crazy. Everybody's crazy about the ray tracing and everything, but mm-hmm. also this stuff is breaking TVs. I have to buy a new TV. Everybody has heard me rant about this. Probably uh, Neil's heard me more than anyone. I rant t- to Neil on a regular basis about this. But now I have to buy a whole new TV. I can't even just buy a 4K TV. I have to buy a special refresh rate TV uh, just to just to get this thing going. And uh, that's something that bothers me. I think that the technology is getting to a point where you're moving to this point where it's just like buy a PC or just like. So here's what I would do. Here's what I would do. Uh, I think it is about software. So how do you present something to the people that they're not getting on the other consoles? And what I would do is I would, you need a company with some money. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't, I don't think you can compete on a hardware level with the with the big guys. I just no. don't think you can. No, not at this point. No, I, I don't think so. So what I think you do is you build a decent console on the level of like a Switch. And you go around and you just buy up the biggest coolest independent studios 
that have been doing stuff, you make them first party, like independent guys, and you make almost like a retro box. Not an actual retro box, but a box that feels like an old school console. And that'll really... Uh, uh, also, you make it that it works on all TVs, and it's just very accessible, you know? And that's what I would do. I would get, like, the people who made Celeste. I would make them first party, give them a lot of money, you know, stuff like that. Like, big... In, like, the independents who made, like, very small games that just exploded, give them money, make them first party to, like, a smaller system so they can work, like, bigger games, but they don't have to be the bigger quad A or whatever that they're making now. They're just bigger games. You know what I mean? Get that medium space up, and I think people would really, really jump at it. Yeah, I mean, the the the, the TV thing... The, the the TV issue that you're having is somewhat of a it's it's a limited sort of thing because most people at this point have upgraded. They to 4K. have not. Uh, you are the only person I know with a 4K TV. I know so the many people with 4K TVs. The only person I know with a 4K TV, and you are the only person I know with a 4K TV that has the right refresh rate. Well, the refresh rate it, it's like I had explained before is like. It depends on what the games are being put out at. If you have a 60 hertz refresh on a TV, if you've got a game running at 60 frames a second, you're good because those meet. That's even worse because now you're dividing it. You have to you have to research your game's refresh rate to figure out, I can't just pop the game in and play. The whole point of console gaming, the whole point of console gaming is you don't have to worry about this shit. That's the reason I don't do PC, is I don't have to be like, oh, I gotta install another uh, MAU portman uh, into the, <laughs> into the, into the double, <laughs> double Swiffer spot. Like, that's the problem I, I have with PC. That initial cost, but then you've gotta keep upgrading it and figuring out what you need. You have to read the specs on everything. I love the Xbox One because I just buy a game that says Xbox One, I put it in the Xbox One, and it plays the game on the Xbox One. I don't like, and it, my TV works, everything works for it. I don't like the idea that, like, now, like, with what you're saying, now I would have to be like, okay, does this game do 120? That's, that's annoying. To the common person, that's annoying. That was an issue, though, whenever the 360 and PS3 came out. It was uh, Dead Rising had that issue because there were some people... Some people had... Still had tube TVs. They hadn't yeah. upgraded to HD. I had a tube well, TV for a really long time. Whenever you tried to play that game because it was optimized for HD TVs, you had this issue where you couldn't read any of the text on the screen. Right. So I mean that it's it's already been a thing. I mean, I it's it really isn't as bad as you may think it is. But I don't understand how you think that them forcing us to buy an extra $300 TV on top of the $600 system is a good thing or even just an okay thing. It's not necessarily like it's how are we fighting like, more in person? Than I don't know. Ever done online. Um <laughs> Kevin's really it's, excited. <laughs> He's like always do them in person. Well, here's <laughs> here's what what I'm thinking like in, in my thought process. Sure, the Series X can put out at 120 frames, a, er, 120 frames a second, but how many developers are actually going to leverage that 120 frames a second refresh rate? Okay, for the first year, nobody. I mean, you're going to have one or two, mm -hmm. like Halo will be. Right. 100%. Well, like, probably. It will be. Probably. It will be. Halo's coming out this year. Halo Infinite's it coming is. out this and year. And it's going to be the maximum thing that they can show at the on the box at the time. I think that given the fact that it's not going to be like they've already said they're not going to have exclusives. I don't think I they're going to have the game developed in such a way that it would have that much of an extreme between the two because then that is true PC territory. I mean, that is like I, you would have to run it at potato mode basically think, on a classic Xbox 1. I really think that's what we're looking at right now. I really do. I think I mean you look at you look at the games that like are optimized for Xbox One X. You have a, twice a download size because they're in 4K. Even though it's the same game, it comes in the same box. Like that's what I'm talking about. That Halo is going to have the potential to use the entirety of the Series X. Yeah, it's gonna run on what I got up there, but it's gonna run like a like a like 
the little engine that could. Like that's what it's it's gonna run real like chugga chugga chugga. I don't think that they would have all of these games coming out though running at 120 frames per second because I don't think. I don't think they're all gonna, but I think that first one, that Halo, is gonna have to. The thing is, like, if you think about the processing power that has to go in to run a game at 4K, 120 frames a second, that would basically max out the Series X. You can't have every single game be like that. They're not going to do that. Maybe in the next generation after the Series X they would do that. But they You mean in the long haul. I still think in the beginning they've got like I think Halo is going to be like they've got it that's the flag that they're that's all the army men putting up the flag at the battle. Do you remember when this conversation was about Sega? Oh man We spiral. <laughs> uh, still, still, uh, uh, you're right. We actually probably might even consider moving on. But I think, <laughs> I think you're right. I, I think I don't think they're all going to work at that. But I don't like the idea that I have to figure out what they're running at. I want to just put it in my box and it to run. That's that's the upside of console gaming. That's mm-hmm. what it was in Sega with Nintendo. Like that's what I want. That's why. I, that's why a guy like me picks a console, and that's why other guys like me pick consoles, you know? Like, mm-hmm. And I think that, like, I understand where you're coming from. There are a lot of people who have upgraded, and I think that's why the gaming industry isn't talking about it as a whole because they're all more hardcore guys who have all upgraded. Not everybody has upgraded, really. And it's one of the benefit of you and I doing the show that we get to see the other point of view because I think that a lot of the people you know have upgraded. Because mm-hmm. that's your circle. My circle is these older guys who don't do that shit. And they're still gamers, though. Philbilly isn't even an older guy. He's the youngest of the three of us. He has a massive TV in his basement. He Phil's loves it. Than me? Yeah, just, just by, like, I think, like, half a year. Really? Yeah. Oh. I think he's 30 this year. So like, Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I'm going to be 31 this year. He's just, I wasn't sure. You guys were either the same age or he was a little bit younger, but I talked to Melissa about it yesterday, and I'm pretty sure he's a little bit younger than you. I don't even think it's a full year, but hmm. um, but he's got a massive TV in his basement. It's a paperweight now. It's a paperweight because he's got to get a Series X, and he's livid about it because this thing is beautiful. It is a beautiful TV. He's like, I don't even know what to do with it when I'm done. Nobody's going to want to buy it <laughs> because it's not 4K. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I mean, that kind of stuff like, is frustrating. It's really frustrating. And I think that, that that's a big problem for guys who are older, casual, more casual people, which are a, uh, a group that we speak to a lot, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, I mean, that's what my reviews are made for. So, like... Yeah. Those guys are going to be like, I got to buy a new fucking... I don't have money for that, you know? Mm-hmm. But on that same note, that's one of the nice things about Xbox is you don't... Like, it, we have to because we're a gaming channel. But casual gamers out there, if you don't want to buy a new TV, just just upgrade one you, for the next two, three years. You're going to be able to play everything Xbox comes out with. It is the upside of the no exclusives thing. Right. I mean, those casual gamers are spoken to with Microsoft, which is one of the things I love about them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've dovetailed this way too long, so why don't we uh, why don't we just pause there? Unless you want to add something to it? Uh, n- no, I mean, I think actually the fact that we only had a brief conversation about Sega in general in the beginning yeah. is a testament to like how screwed they would kind of be yeah. if they tried to bring out a home console. The problem now. is is now you really like it's not the wild west anymore. You got to have a specific like like the the people out there are going to be like what specifically is the experience you're giving me and how does it differ to the experience that these other four companies are giving me? Because mm-hmm. if you're not giving me something different, what is the point? Right. I'm going to stick with Nintendo, Xbox or PlayStation because I'm cemented in that ecosystem. You know, that's that's how these console systems work now. It's not like the days where you just bought a system, you bought the games, you're good. Right. You've got achievements, you've got friends lists. You've got, you know, like moving from Platform to platform is huge, you know. Yeah. So, like, I think that uh, I think that they would really have to show something different. Yeah, definitely. We digressed again. Yes, we did. That's why you're looking at me like that. Okay. Not really. 
It's I nice just, though. I'm, I'm looking I get at all this, of my things. I get the I get the look signals now. I didn't. I don't get the look signals online. I just go crazy, and you're just like your your responses yeah, get shorter if, and shorter. If yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I'm like always looking at the time now, and it's like. <laughs> Now I can literally just pick my phone up and just kind of slowly raise it. Yeah. <laughs> in case in case you don't see what's going on. <laughs> I see it. I see it. We're actually still shorter than we usually are yeah. on the first topic. So all right, well we're gonna go ahead and move on. Horrible gaming podcast. Alright, so that brings us to our sa- second topic. Uh and uh, something weird happened in the Nintendo eStore. Uh, Animal Crossing has finally been dethroned as the number one purchased game through the Nintendo eStore. And of all the usurpers that you could consider, it turns out to be Minecraft Dungeons is the one to bring it down. Yeah. I mean, are you surprised by that? I mean, I'm not surprised by it, but I think it's very strange that a Microsoft game is beating out a first-party Nintendo game. It's... uh, That's... I mean, I'm sure they're not feeling too hot about that one, Nintendo, that is. I mean... I mean, there's there's something to it, because you gotta... gotta, I mean, Animal Crossing's been out since February, March? Something like that. So it's not like it hasn't had its natural cycle. Right. You know, so it was going to get dethroned by something. I think what's really sore about it, though, is that it's a micro, like you said, a Microsoft game. I I think, I think Animal Crossing was due to not be a number one. You keep yawning in front of me. I can actually slap. (laughs) I'm sorry. I, that's why I have to like turn my whole head away and like cover my face in shame. Like, well, that's okay. I know you're tired. I know you're tired. Uh, but I think I think it was gonna come down. I think that it's weird that it comes down to a Microsoft game. Yeah, like, and a Microsoft game that look, I don't hate I, Minecraft Dungeons. I enjoy it. We play it for a Let's Play. I yeah. I've actually played it quite a bit. Well, not quite a bit, but I played it w- outside that Let's Play too, just yeah. to like really experience it. And there are some things I actually really like about it. Um, but is it uh an Animal Crossing killer like or or even uh, number one with a bullet game. I don't like. I don't think this is going to be in conversations at the end of the year for games as ye- games of the year. You know what I mean? It's like, gonna it's gonna be there for something. I don't know what. But just because it's Minecraft. Hmm. I mean, Minecraft is such a juggernaut. Uh, that's why I wasn't surprised that it shot up to number one the way it did because you can literally slap Minecraft on anything and it's gonna sell gangbusters because that's just. The, yeah. the name of it. I mean, you're right. You're right. I'm. I'm still. I'm a little surprised at how. I mean, because the reviews are not exactly like they're fine. Like, yeah. But they're like they're like middle of the road. Right. All across the board for the game. And and can I tell you what I think about this game? That um, I think this game is going to be really awesome in two years. I think it's going to be worth playing. And and if you look at Minecraft's track record, while it's not a game that like necessarily you or I super get into right what it is now is completely different from what it was when it released and it's it's a really crazy experience i think the same thing here they've already announced two dlcs one of them's coming out next month of all times i think yeah the jungle awakens i i I I posted about it yeah i saw i saw it's there but like at that point just a month out why not just make it part of the game i like, agree i feel like that's kind of like uh them just shaving something off that they had in the base game it might be like oh well because we know like capcom's good for that sort of stuff capcom's they capcom's good for having all of the dlc on disc you pay for it and then you got a 100 kilobyte download right, that right. just unlocks it on the disc right right i think that uh um I, I still I think we're gonna get a steady stream of improvements and additions to this game, and I think I think where it is like one thing Mojang was good at with Minecraft, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is they gave you this base playing field, like like almost like it's not it's not even almost like a game, it's just here is this open thing, okay, uh, that anybody can play in. And you can see how much fun it is, but like it's not the thing yet. And then right. they added to it, you know what I mean? Like it's a foundation. That's yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like I feel like they do that really well. They release these experiences that are kind of the foundation 
for something that's going to be really awesome. And I think Minecraft Dungeons is one of those where it's like, this, I, like when I play it, I'm like, this is a great foundation. Like if you pitch this game to me with this, I'd be excited, but then I'd say, okay, where's the rest of it? You know, that's that's the one thing that gets me, though, is like, I mean, something like Minecraft, like, OK, it's very base level as it is. But like when games get put out like that on purpose, just to get them out the door, get them into people's hands, like, well, he, here you he, here's your foundation. It's like if I want to play something early access, I'll get an early access game. I mm. won't. I I don't want to spend sixty dollars for something that's clearly not you okay. know, ready ready for prime time. It's one thing to uh, you make a good point. It, it's one thing to need improvements. It's another thing to know that this game is unfinished and have more on slate outside of what could be considered a DLC okay. to throw it out to people just to buy up to get them invested in the game. I think they get a little they don't get a pass, but I think that people probably don't consider that as much because of Games Pass, honestly. Like that's oh, like yeah. until you just said it's a sixty dollar game. I don't even think of it as a sixty dollar game because I have Games Pass. So just day one, I, mean, I, play I it, hope it's know? not a sixty dollar game in general. I don't know how much it costs. I don't think it is. I think it's forty bucks. But even forty dollars, I'm pay, not exactly sure. I pay like twenty twenty five for something like that. But even forty is a, yeah. a, a steep ask for something like that. I you know I haven't gotten to the end game yet. If the end game is at least interesting, I would I would pay thirty. I. Still, I don't even think about that because it's in Games Pass. I think they get a little bit yeah. get away with it. I mean, a that's bit. true. I mean, if you have Games Pass, then because I don't like... even think about it that way. I was like, oh, day one, I get to play this. Like, I that's one thing that nice about Games Pass for the Microsoft stuff in general is it kind of gives them a pass on some stuff that's not probably as good, right? Because you could just be like, well, it's in Games Pass. It's free. As long as you have Games Pass, you can just play it. But know? at the same time, like, you know, if you are somebody who doesn't have that and want to go and physically, like, purchase your games and own your games yeah. and stuff like yeah. that, then that, at that point, like, it if that's what they presented, then I would be a bit more upset. Yeah. Obviously, like myself, the only reason, you know, I have it and we've been playing is for the show and... For you know the fact that I have Games Pass, like yeah. it, I I honestly think if you were like, hey, you buy this game and we can do it on the on the show, and I look at it like thirty dollars something like that, it's like I in no realm could justify spending right. thirty dollars on something that's going to be just for this. I mean, unless we were making money, somebody please support us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think. Uh... I, and you know that DLC is going to cost money. It probably won't cost as much, but it's right. going to cost money unless you have Games Pass, you know? So, like, it's definitely streamlined for the Games Pass, which is another thing that kind of surprises me that it's so high up on eStore and Nintendo. Like, right. that, kind of, that kind of blows my mind a little yeah. bit. Um, and I, if you had talked to me about that a year ago, I would have been like, no, Microsoft is never going to have the number one spot on the Nintendo eStore. Yeah. But uh, that's, that's very interesting stuff. So... Um, I, I don't know. I feel like we've covered this topic. Do you yeah, want to move on to odds and ends? I would say so. All right. Okay. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right. That brings us to our uh, our segment, our last segment before Horrible Arena. And that's odds and ends. We got to do it three weeks in a row. I'm excited about this. So uh, just because we're loquacious people, we don't always get to do a third topic. We kind of uh, put anything that is noteworthy to speak of but isn't going to take up a lot of time into this segment just things that we've seen around gaming that we want to talk about and mention um so we got a couple odds and ends today neil why don't you start us off buddy all right um so uh the xbox app in beta currently uh for windows 10 is getting mod support through the actual games launcher so soon Across the board, you'll be able to officially put mods into Xbox games. Oh my god! On PC, so that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's really awesome. Can, I can only imagine the sort of stuff that people are going to come up with. Can I tell you uh, how much I've wanted just mods in general to come to Xbox, like across the board, like the actual console? I think eventually we'll get there. The the Skyrim Skyrim has mods. Yeah, and that game. I've I've played an extra hundred hours into it because of those mods because yeah. it just it makes it so it's basically never ending content for your game, um, and it's not always all good but still it's 
you, you, you want something new, you just go and you do something new. And I, I love mod support. We need more mod support for games. Yeah. If we had mod support for Borderlands 3, you wouldn't have... Like, I don't know why the companies don't do it, because it will it'll make their games last right. so much longer. Um, we also have a uh, playable build of Dead Island 2 from 2015 has leaked online through 4chan. Oh, God. Which is just bizarre to think about. Uh, can can and the- we just let Dead Island die please i'm so sick of hearing about this game we've been hearing about this game for what like 14 years it's, it's been and a then, while and, and it's not even not not that long ago somebody was like oh they're still working on it i'm like who yeah. is still working on it well, what i find interesting about they're, it the children of the people who started working <laughs> on it because <laughs> what i find very interesting though is there's a lot of video online of this and i actually watched a little bit of the video aside from textures missing because it is a build right it, there's a lot of UI elements up and everything, and it actually looks okay. <laughs> so I'm like really just like confused as to what the whole deal. I mean, I know they've had a lot of issue with publishers and whatnot. What do you need? While we're recording? You know, 50% of this time we've been not on air, but you find a way to ask for things on air. I swear, you figured out when we're recording. Come say hi to everybody. You gotta say it louder. You're too far away. All right, I'll get you some milk. Need milk. Need milk. Need milk. Well, I'll just go ahead and uh, I'll go ahead and carry on. Um, So, uh, Activision CEO Bobby Kotick makes stupid amounts of money, unreasonable amounts of money. Um, Just in 2019, he made 28 million dollars. And this was coming off of laying off 800 employees from Activision to cut costs. I am so glad I'm not in the room. Oh, my God. In the past four years, he's made $96.5 million. And he makes so much money that uh, shareholders are actually upset with it. That they're like, hey, maybe we should kind of limit how much money this guy can make. You think? Like, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he's actually made a list of most overpaid CEOs, which is in, insane. Like, I mean, I get it, you know, go ahead, you know, make your money, make a good amount of money doing whatever. Yeah. Like, But this is insanity, especially the amount of money that he made off of the year that they laid off all yeah. of those people. It was something like... I did some percentage of the workforce. I think it was like 10% or something like that of their that's, entire workforce. That's what bothers me. You know, uh, I've said this before. You know, for better or worse, we live in a capitalist society. That's the way our society has been designed uh, is to work around money. It just is. Uh, and when you look at that as a society, you can kind of see how things work. But there is still a human decency element that has to come in. Like, I don't... I honestly don't mind that this guy makes nine, has made $96 million. What I mind is that he's laid off 10% of his workforce. Like, why are you laying people off? It's the same thing with Randy Pitchford when he got all those bonuses, like like a, something like a, a six-point-something million-dollar bonus, and then told all of his employees they weren't going to get the, the their bonuses for, the, for Borderlands 3. Yeah. Like... That's what bothers me. Like, I get it. Make your money. That's the kind of society we're in. I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily happy about it. I'm sure you're not. I'm sure most of the other people aren't. But this, like, it's been a hundred years. We're stuck in this society. Make your money. But don't ruin other people when you got so much. You know what I mean? Like, if I was in that CEO, the first thing I do is, okay, well, give them some of my $96 million. Like, so frustrating. So frustrating. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're all right. Um, so uh, we've all heard at this point that both EA and CD Projekt Red uh, have delayed their digital events yep. due to everything going on in the world. Not too long, though. I think uh, 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 EA was just like a week. Yeah, EA has been bumped back a week. CD Projekt Red, um, I'm they not didn't quite give a date. sure. I'm not quite sure. I, I don't know. Date? I didn't think they give a date. The EA bumped it back to the 18th, like it was the 11th, and then they yeah. bumped it back to the 18th. Um, Grounded did the same thing. They were going to do their demo 
uh, for Grounded on the yeah. 9th, and now it's back to the 16th. So. Um, and then uh, finally on my list of things, uh, 343 apparently have another Halo game in development outside of Halo Infinite. Uh, Halo a, Dungeons. There, <laughs> there's a job listing for a senior producer on a game, quote, set in the Halo universe. Hmm. Uh, what that could mean, I have absolutely no idea. Uh, Quick maybe speculation, what do you want it to be? Um, I honestly, I, I don't know what I'd want it to be. I think it's probably going to be Halo Wars 3. Oh, that makes sense. But I... Because that was actually pretty successful. I would actually personally prefer it to be them working on the sequel for Halo Infinite. Because uh, Halo 5 came out in, what was it, 2015, I believe it was. So we're coming up now on five years since the last Halo game came out. Uh, So it's more than due. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Gears of War games have been coming out quicker. Yeah. But, I mean, they did rebuild or build an entire new engine from the ground up for Halo. So, I mean, it's going to be worth it. I'm hoping it's the sort of turnaround that they have from Doom 2016 to Doom Eternal to where they get everything worked out. And the second that Doom, Doom 2016 was finished, they immediately began work on Doom Eternal. I hope that it's one of those situations. But... Who I, knows? I I think I mean that's possible. That's definitely possible. I don't I don't necessarily need a Halo game every year though. And I think no, that no. I think that franchises suffer from annualized or yes. even even kind of biannualized releases. Yeah. I think that you should have at least three years between titles, just period. Yeah. Because otherwise something goes I wrong. think three is a good buffer. Three, three is, is definitely a good buffer. You um, can you can get into your game, yeah. play it, play it out, have a little bit of time away from it, and have just enough time to be able to build that hype up yeah. for the next one. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be that would be nice. Um, I actually have uh, just a couple of things. Um, one, um, I think I mean we've been talking about it for a while that Stadia has the death nail just one after another mm-hmm. but uh cd project reg announced that uh cyberpunk 2077 will not be on stadia at launch so is is it one of the well at launch does that mean it's coming later i do not know and they haven't announced one so here's what i think i think they're saying it's not gonna be out there on launch because they don't want to straight up say it's not coming to stadia but it's not coming to stadia I don't think it's coming to Stadia. Yeah. Uh, now I believe did they they did announce that it was originally coming to Stadia or is I don't think this... they ever did. I think they're just now making the statement. Okay. I, I thought I remembered hearing something about them saying that it was going to come to Stadia. <laughs> it might. I think. I think if they this, pulled out, then it's. Really I was never about to coming. say <laughs> like that, I think that would have more implication of Stadia as a whole. Yeah. If they were like, yes, this great game that everyone's been looking forward to for like 10 years is coming out, and then they're like, ah, actually, let's back <laughs> off on that. <laughs> uh, that thing's not doing too good. We're going to hold off on that. Yeah, I mean, there. I found that uh, will not be available on Stadia launch. I found that article I was reading. See, Project Red has quietly revealed that Cyberpunk 2077 will not be available on Google Stadia when it launches on PC and consoles this September. Uh, press release discussing upcoming advertising campaign for Cyberpunk 2077. The developer states, Cyberpunk 2077 will be released on 17, on 17 September 2020 for the PC, Xbox One, PlayStation 4. By the end of the year, the game will also make its debut on Google Stadia. So it does say it will come. So they're just it's there. it's going to be there just eventually. I don't think it's going to be there eventually. I think this is like a. You think Stadia is going to be dead before it? Yeah, I, <laughs> I think they're feeling the waters. I think they're yeah. like we're not going to worry about Stadia because nobody's playing it. Uh, we're going to very quietly say we're not worrying about Stadia right now, and then they're waiting to see if there's an outcry. And when there's no outcry, they're going to be like, eh, nope. Yeah. Um, because there isn't an outcry. If you look at the numbers playing for, like, even Destiny 2. Yeah. You know, you look at the people playing Destiny 2 and people have fallen off. Like, their their concurrent numbers are, like, you got 100,000 for PlayStation, 200,000 for Xbox, 3,000 for Stadia. Like, it's yeah. nobody. So, I think Stadia's in serious trouble. 
I mean, well, as it has been for quite yeah. some time. I don't know. I, I don't know if they're in serious trouble. I think more like they're a flaming blimp falling quickly onto the city that is Google. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and the only other thing that I kind of want to talk about, and it is not a news story in any way, shape, or form, but uh, you know, I've been playing Runeterra. I know you probably still haven't played yet, have no. you? No. Oh, please try it. It's so <laughs> good. Um, man. Riot Games is out there really killing it with all these, like, they're just jumping into other stuff now from League of Legends. Like, yeah. I love that, uh, and I love their expanse. They've got a 9.0 for Valorant on PC, the, mm. their hero shooter, uh, which I'm not a hero shooter guy, yeah. so I probably, I would try it if it came to place, uh, if it came to Xbox, but it's not on console. I would really love to see an open world game with Runeterra. I just want to say that. I think I think that should be their next thing. It's like a big, create your own character open world game. Uh, they have so much, like the cards. Like I was just thinking about the cards. They have pirate faction. They have a knight faction. They have ninjas. They have robots. Like I would really just love to see an open world game where I could just like quest through that and stuff. Just that's all I wanted to say. It's not even a news story. Just all right. end that way. Um, okay, uh, I think that covers odds and ends, right? All right. Yeah. Pause. Horrible gaming podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the main event, the moment you've all been waiting for, the Horrible Arena. What that means for the people who have never listened to this show before, the co-hosts, myself and Neil, are going to pitch you a game based on predetermined criteria picked by one of the co-hosts. We take turns. Uh, last week, it was my turn to pick, and I picked Digital Collectible Card game now we're gonna pitch you that game we're gonna pitch you the developer and the title and then you guys uh the viewers and the listeners can go out and decide which one of us wins you can comment on youtube the discord all the places uh and then we pick a winner next week uh so what are you gonna spend your hard-earned money on the quantum studio quantum coin has been tossed neil you won the coin tossed take it away all right so um this is great watching you like physically restrict I, your, your I body. I mute my mic. I straight up mute my mic when we're doing this because I don't want to interrupt you. This is <laughs> going to be so hard for me to be in person. Um, okay, so mine is actually going to be done by Nintendo. Uh, and it is going to be a Mario Kart trading card game. The game would be played by just like, it would be like a race. You could play up to you could play against as many people as you possibly wanted to. You could play against one other person, you could go all the way up to eight, ten, who cares? You fill your deck with cards that would be speed they all would have speed on them, but it would be items, you know, various different things. And when you would play your card, you can play your card, you'll get a distance amount with your speed and that would give you points as to how far you're going but these cards that you would play you could play like a red shell on a friend that you're playing with you play that red shell it hits them you get your speed increased and it removes their speed distance whichever you would however you would quantify it so you would go however long predetermined until the game would be finished, be it like the first to like a uh, hundred points or however you're distancing it. Um, that's that's the, the the part that I'm having a difficult time uh, describing is the the speed distance thing. Um, but all of your cards would have your speed or distance on them, and you could use those cards to progress through the race. And whoever would get to a set point amount first would be the one who would win. And it would probably be like a best of four as like a circuit. And then from there you would find out, you know, who wins the game overall. Um, but yeah, Mario Kart as a card game, I'm having a terrible time articulating this for some reason. Uh, because it's way better thought out in my head. But yeah, words suck and it's going to be uh, Mario Kart the trading card game. Did your shirt taste good? Oh man, that was awesome, dude. That was really awesome. Like I that is a really cool card game that I would 100% play. Yeah, like, I think I'm I would even... too. It's actually I got the idea from a card game, like an actual card game, uh called Millie Benet. It's like a French uh 
racing game. And you pretty much do somewhat along those same lines. You play speed, which is like how you get your points. And then when the deck runs out, you count up how many points you have, and then you play to a set amount. Yeah. So it's like 10,000 points or whatever. One of the card game ideas that I had, I was going to do a Mad Max one that was going to be similar to that with like a speed thing. That's not what I'm pitching, but like... It's really great card. It was a really great idea, man. Like, I, I was I'm biting it because I wanted to cheer. Like, I that was absolutely exquisite. Surprised, honestly, that I came up with it. <laughs> I thought really I was good. screwed I would on this play week. That, and I love card games that have a more than just one-on-one element. Yeah, that I think would be the most interesting part. Is like you can't you can play with as many people as many people as yeah, you almost like a to. battle royale type yeah. thing. I think that'd be really fun, especially digitally. You could yeah. really do that. Oh and yeah, crazy with it. Uh, okay, so that brings us to my turn, correct? Yes. Okay. I mean, right. unless there's a third person here that I don't know about who is waiting to pitch theirs. <laughs> All right. So, my game is Ad Ultimum. It is Latin for last resort or the ultimate. Um, I can't remember which, but it sounded really cool, so that's why I went with it. Uh, my developer is Riot. Just because of the way this game works, uh, the conversation, conversational manner, it is the most like uh, Runeterra uh, of all the card games out there. Um, so what is this game? All right. So I really thought about digital card games on a whole and like how you would want to have something about that. Like the coolest thing about digital card games is when they do something that you can't do in actual cards. When like a card can level up or become another card uh, or it can create cards you didn't have in your deck, stuff like that. Uh, So I thought I wanted to do something with that but a little bit different. So in this game, uh, you will initially pick a class, okay? Uh, Duelist, Gladiator, uh, um, knight, um, all old school medieval like warrior type classes, right? Uh, that class will give you some beginning stats and allow you to, and probably a beginning power. And then you'll allow you'll be allowed to design the card yourself so that you can actually have kind of like an avatar card based on you, basically, or based on whatever you wanted. Uh, then the deck itself will have moves in it. Each move will have a defensive and an offensive capability. Uh, when you get into the battle, you'll have a second deck, which is called the Press the Advantage deck. Uh, and these are like your traps and your boosts and stuff like that. What happens in this then is you draw your hand based on stats on your original card. Uh, and then you'll play like, like I would play uh, one of my cards offensively. You would then get a chance to play a card defensively and then also play a card offensively. This goes back and forth until one of us says strike. When one of us says strike, the other person gets to play one more card, either defensively or offensively. And then you compare each card that got played against each other. And then one of them takes all the damage. Like, they both take damage. So basically, it's like it's like you're circling in a medieval arena. And then when you hit strike, you all do your moves. Parry, 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 thrust, 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 whatever. And then each take damage. If you come out on top you get to draw one of the cards from your Press the Advantage deck, uh, which could be equipment. It could be an equipment upgrade, like a better sword or a better piece of armor. It could be some sort of special trap. Uh, I also envision stance cards, which you could pick between that kind of difference, the make uh, something different towards the battle. You know, and just that's what it is. It's just a one-on-one fighting game that's very conversational in nature, just a constant back and forth fourth of the card playing uh in and the real the real trick to it will be deciding when do i say strike and when does the other person uh when does the other person say strike and what does they have in their hands because they could be waiting on that with that big card and then they say strike and you hit them with it or maybe they're out and you say strike and you're good to go you know s- stuff like that so that's my game ad ultimum and those are the pitches, ladies and gentlemen. You have Project Mario Kart versus Project Ad Ultimum. We want to hear from you guys what you would spend your hard-earned money on. Of course, next week is Neil's choice for what the home field advantage will be. And Neil, a tiny wizard, has chosen a puzzle game. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, so that brings us to shameless self-promotion. Neil, you got anything to promote, baby? 
Uh, no, just uh, still OMG Dungeons and uh, the last episode of the first season of Streets of Retro should be coming out here soon. Yes, yes. I I want to promote for Neil that he and his wife also joined us on oh, Predator yeah, to Divorce. Too. That was the thing that happened. The, again, again, the first episode is out uh, as of yesterday. Not yes. Well, yesterday when we were recording this, but as of you Sunday, you did the thing that I did. Uh, I did the thing that you do, uh, and then uh, we got two more episodes of them being on that as well. So, uh, with that being said, uh, you guys can talk to us on Facebook at Oman Gaming DH, on Twitter at Oman Gaming Nine. You can of course join our Discord. The link is in the description below. You can influence all of our shows from there. And then, uh, as long as you guys keep watching this and listening to this, we will keep making it. Thanks for being here, Neil. And uh, thank you guys for listening to it. See you next week. Start right now. Because this if second. we don't record everything, I'm not going to have the opening or a bonus. So we have to record just everything in between, too. Right. I mean, it's going, so. Good. Good. It should always be going. It's always going to be like going. the Kardashians. We're just always filming ourselves. Always. Ugh. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. Oh, my wife loves it. My wife loves that show. That show. I, I'm not gonna lie. When she's watching it and I'm sitting on the couch and I like, and I'm just doing something else. Yeah. It's it does make me chuckle sometimes. Like every once in a while, somebody does some stoop. Like you're like, oh my god, this is hysterical. Like they got somebody on camera doing this shit. Like, uh yeah. Like I don't. Oh, I swore. This yeah. Can't be used. You did. Maybe a